You are listening to the Balancing Act podcast with Danny Euro. I'm a licensed mental health counselor based out of Miami, Florida. I use the ideas and principles of acceptance and commitment therapy to help individuals who find themselves struggling in various areas of their lives. Episode one, the glass of water versus the tray of ice. Hi there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, this is the Balancing Act podcast. I am Danny Euro, and I am honored that you would uh, devote some time to this to listen in. Um, I am very much aware that time is an unrenewable resource. So the fact that you are using it up, I'm hoping that is that when it is used up in listening to this podcast, that you'd feel like it was well worth the investment. Um, I'm excited. This is the first actual episode, which is really exciting and cool and uh, very, uh, I would say, clean slate-ish of me where we're not quite sure how this will evolve. I have a vision. I'm trying to be flexible with that vision. Uh, But the hope is, uh, at the very least, I can provide uh, some information, um, some insights, and and maybe uh, some some tools to connect some dots. You know, some of us, uh, we struggle with little things. Some of us struggle with big things. Uh, some of us have struggled with recurrent things. And um, I think the when we really look at the struggle, it's, uh, it's it points a lot to this 10-syllable phrase I keep saying over and over again, this idea of psychological flexibility. Now, mm-hmm. at first, this podcast is going to be about um, some education to, uh, about the paradigm that I come from, right, in terms of my therapy. Acceptance and commitment therapy, um, it's, it's a lot of the work I do uh, revolves around that paradigm. And, and, uh, and the first seven episodes of this podcast are going to be more educative. Uh, you know, I'm going to try to end each episode with a challenge that, uh, to, to give the listener an opportunity to stew in uh, a challenge of some sort so that they can apply some of the concepts from the actual episode. Uh, and in these seven episodes, I hope I get kind of, I can give sort of a, a, a framework of what acceptance and commitment therapy is trying to do. Um, that's the hope. And then after those seven episodes, um, it's going to diversify, I hope, where uh, I have uh, do interviews and try to add a creative component to this. Um, I am a movie fan, also a proponent of narrative therapy. And I believe that one of the reasons why we go to the movies or we watch TV shows or these days binge on Netflix or read novels or graphic novels or comic books is because we have an affinity to the narrative story of some kind because we're experiencing our own lives as a narrative story that we are uh, narrating like one of these um, deep voice uh, narrators and like you see on Discovery Channel or PBS or something like that. I wish my I wish my narrative voice was like a Morgan Freeman voice. That would be cool, but I guess I'm stuck with my voice. And in some way, you're stuck with my voice too for the next few minutes. But that narrative component, I feel like, is a is a power, powerful um, like thing that we gravitate towards. That's why we flock to the theaters, right? That being said, some of the creative avenues I'm going to try to take in in this podcast is maybe applying some of uh, like movie reviews, but, but not like a typical movie review, like Siskel and Ebert giving you two thumbs up or two thumbs down or whatever, but applying some of these 
concepts of act and psychological flexibility in the main characters of some of these films. So we'll do some of that, and um, I feel like there'll be uh, some stuff in between as well. So I'm excited. I'm flexible about it. I hope that in some way you all get excited as well to see where this journey takes us. Now, going back to the idea of the next seven episodes are going to be uh, educative, right? ACT has six particular processes where in using and in tapping into these processes, they cultivate this idea of psychological flexibility, right? So the order of those processes are gonna, um, that we'll go over starting episode two would be diffusion, acceptance, values, committed action, contact with the present moment, and the self is context. So those would go in that order. There's a method to my madness to put them in that order because uh, the last process of uh, self as context is kind of a heavy one. It's a, it's a big concept, but I also feel it's extremely powerful. So I feel that might be a good one to end the, the educative portion of that of this uh, series of uh, processes. Now, that starts with our next podcast. But this one, this one, I feel that uh, it will be important to talk a little bit more about this idea of psychological flexibility, because that's what we're aiming for. You know, that is the goal. And if you think about injury, for those that know me, I, I'm a weekend warrior. I try to play sports on the weekends. I wish I should play more sports during the week. Uh, that's something that I need to call myself to task. Maybe that's my challenge for today. But if you think of the injuries you incur being physically active, they, they, they tend to happen because that body part is pushed to the brink that it can no longer be flexible, right? So uh, by no means do I want to be this, be triggering for someone that might have incurred an injury that was pretty traumatic or significant. But, you know, if you twist an ankle, um, it begins to hurt when it can no longer bend the way it's supposed to bend, when it loses its flexibility, right? Same thing with a broken arm or if you cut your skin, your skin basically gets pushed to the limit of flexibility and it has to tear, right? And then if you're about to do a, like for me, you know, I'm, if I'm going to go play frisbee uh, with my friends uh, or basketball with my friends, uh, it's it's in my best interest to loosen up before I play, just to get to get myself as flexible as possible. Because if not, I'll be paying the price during the game and probably for the next two or three days. I've noticed a trend: the older you get, the longer the recovery time is. Right. Uh, the same concepts apply to our psychological flexibility. You know, if if we're flexible in the way we approach life's physics versus like the physics of gravity, right? Uh, life's physics me meaning just circumstances like stressors that might might arise, like un unexpected news, this someone being caught in, uh, in a lie, maybe being uh, stolen from. It could be as simple as a bad cold or a terrible headache or maybe an unexpected diagnosis. Life has a way of kind of uh, imposing its physics on us in different ways. And the question is, are we psychologically flexible to be able to bend enough so that we don't incur a significant injury? The six processes that we'll go over in the next six episodes will explain all the different ways, and they all interact. You know, they're not isolated. They have a nice way of feeding off of each other to, to cultivate this idea of uh, flexibility. There's, there's good research that shows a correlation between individuals that, that are scoring high on their psychological flexi flexibility they also score high on the reports of quality of life, right? They don't necessarily report low on symptom um, listing, like 
they'll explain stuff that's going on in their life. It, just because you're psychologically flexible doesn't mean that you become immune to circumstance, right? So if, you know, the same thing happens to, uh, to two different people with the same sensibilities, but one is psycholo more psychologically flexible than the other one, the one that's not so flexible is probably going to find themselves struggling more in the situation versus the one that's more flexible. So you don't become immune to, to the circumstance. You just become more able to deal with it. You know, like gravity is not, you know, a person who's more flexible than, than me, uh, gravity imposes the same will on that person as it does on me. It's just, I'm going to suffer a little more than that person because I just don't bend that way. Right. So I hope that makes sense because it's important. And, uh, because some people think, oh, it's going to just go away. Like, you know, like life is going to be hunky-dory and um, life is still going to happen, right? And when, when I say life happen, I don't want, happens, I don't want to make it sound like all doom and gloom because some, a lot of what life happening is fantastic and amazing, right? And But there's other times that it's, it's tough, tough circumstances. Challenges definitely are going to come, right? And I think that that's an important thing to, to keep in mind as we as we move move forward and, and slowly unpack this idea of psychological flexibility. Probably a good way to, to talk about this uh, about psychological flexibility. Another way to talk about it is when everything is just fine, right? Where the temperature is not turned up, there's no stress really going on, and no significant like demands put on you. You basically have access to every possible behavior, right? You're cool, calm, and collected. That that phrase, that cliche phrase, basically means that man, I'm right now. There's no nothing being pressed on me right now. There's no, I'm not sweating under the pressure of some kind of demand, and because of it, I have access to all my tools, all of my, uh, you know, I'm doing air quotes like you could see me, all my abilities. Like um, I'm on top of my game. But then something interesting happens when stress suddenly happens, when pressures suddenly come upon us, when we're thrown off our balance, where all of a sudden something happens that we weren't expecting. Something gets triggered in us. Maybe, you know, there's a, a pet peeve gets, gets, uh, gets triggered. And then all of a sudden what happens is all of a sudden we don't really have access to all of our uh, behaviors. We're not, we're not like on our game. You know, sometimes we use terms like, oh, you threw me off. I wasn't expecting that one. Oh, man, that came out of nowhere. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to do this. And really what happens is is when that happens, when 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 life kind of throws us a curveball, right? Another, I'm throwing like, I'm up to 12 cliches. I, I should have like a little cliche counting, counter meter here. When life throws us that curveball and all of a sudden the, our stress goes up, or adversity goes up, or the temperature increases, right? When that happens, all of a sudden, we don't have access to all of those behaviors anymore. Sometimes we just don't, aren't not able to act appropriately to what the circumstance is asking us to do, and that's a sign of our inflexibility, right? I'm sure that you can think of, and the last time you got into an argument, maybe with a significant other, or maybe with a coworker, and if you really play out the tape of that of that interaction where things got out of hand, things got out of hand the moment either one or both both of you started to become inflexible, where the stress kind of spiked, and because of that, your vast 
array and options of behavior narrowed down into a tunnel vision of four or five go-to moves, which is maybe insulting them, uh, yelling at them, maybe storming out of the room, maybe slamming the door, or just being mean, or just shutting down and staring into space, right? And that's, that, that's the indication of an inflexibility. The truth is, is that we all have a range, like we, we all have a level of flexibility, but it's when stuff happens, when things get thrown at us that we become inflexible, and that's where the injuries are, are more likely to happen, you know? Noah Levine, which I absolutely love uh, his work in, uh, in his memoir that's called Dharma Punks, which I highly recommend. It's uh, Punks is spelled with an X at the end. He has a great quote, and he says that everyone, and I might be throwing it off a couple words, so I apologize, uh, Noah, if I am, but everyone is doing the very best they can to find freedom from suffering, right? And um, that's, that quote is extremely impacting to me because in the circumstances when the temperature gets turned up, when the stress level hits, you know, DEFCON 4, uh, when the red lights start to flash, we're trying to find freedom from suffering uh, and we're trying to liberate ourselves from that. And that's when we become inflexible. That's when, that's when we become, we go to drastic measures and we go to our go-to moves. And when your go-to moves, when that toolbox has like three tools in it instead of like an array of 50, you know, that might be an indication that you might be more inflexible than you realize, which would lead to the potential of incurring some kind of injury of some sort, psychological injury at least. Speaking of quotes, I wanted to read a quote of a famous wise man. And uh, it goes, uh, empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Now, for those of you that might know, uh, that is <laughs> wise man's Bruce Lee. I just love that quote because he's really encapsulating this idea of being flexible, being able to uh, bend to the will but not break, right, when things happen that sort of demand this flexibility from us. Another reason why I like this quote is it inspired an activity that I did with a, with a client. I've actually done it with a couple of clients in the, the last uh, about five or six months or so, where the client wasn't really being aware of how rigid they were being in their interactions with their support system. I'm trying to speak in generalities because they, although I use the same, uh, the same activity with the two different individuals, context was different, but they were both addressing their, their how rigid they were. So what I did was I, I, um, I brought into my office an, uh, an ice cube, uh, actually a couple ice cubes in a cup, and I brought in a, a cup of water. And uh, I, I tried to explain to them that, you know, in essence, they're, both are the same. They're, they are of the same, you know, I'm not you know, going to get into the chemistry stuff here or, or, you know, whatever that would be, right? But they're both water, right? They're in different states. One's in a solid state and one is in its fluid state. What I was trying to explain them is that if I were to spill the water on the floor, it would not, you know, be impacted by the floor. It would just cover the floor, kind of like what this wise man Bruce Lee said. If I were to pour it, you know, into a different cup, it would just take the shape of the, of the cup that I poured it into. Again, call back to Bruce Lee here. But the ice cubes, if I dropped them on the floor, what do you think would happen? Now, in my office, if I have a carpet in my office, so that you know the example would not hold too well unless I throw it pretty hard. But if I throw it, if I, if I drop an ice cube onto a tile floor, it's likely that it'll 
it'll break, it'll shatter, because it does not have the fluid flexibility of its liquid form. And what I was trying to illustrate, and um, I believe it in the times that, I've, that I used it, it was a, a good visual, and I, you, you see the wheels turn, right? There was an understanding that to be flexible doesn't change me, right? I don't become a different person just because I'm being flexible. What I do become is more resilient. I become more able to persevere through circumstances and not at the cost of, you know, my character or my identity, which I promise will become a topic around episode seven when we talk about this idea of self as context, because that has a lot to do with what our identity is, you know. As we slowly wind down, just want to do a quick round robin listing of uh, typical ways that we become that our inflexibility may show up, right? And and I promise that there's a uh, reason why I'm doing them in this order because the, the, there's going to be a parallel to these different ways that we be, that we show inflexibility, and the, the order of the episodes that talk about the different processes of how we can become flexible. So different ways that we can be inflexible, like number one would be if we're too attached to certain thinking, certain thoughts, and I'll explain a lot of that in the next episode, where do we have go-to thoughts in certain situations? Like if we feel we feel like we're being, um, I don't know, uh, lied to, or if we feel like we're being manipulated or bossed around, or maybe just feeling inadequate in a particular situation, is there a language that comes up in our head? Are there, are there thoughts that come up that we attach to right away and they kind of dominate or rule the way we're going to behave in a particular situation? So sometimes we're going to be inflexible if we're just overly attached to thinking that really dictates the way we're going to do something. So that's one way to, that uh, we're inflexible. Another way that we can be inflexible is are there just certain feelings that we just don't like to have, right? And so much so that we try our best to avoid them. Like if I'm at a party and I'm just like have this this anxiety that's creeping up in me because I don't know maybe I feel inadequate or I'm, I'm just not going to be accepted in this group or that they're going to laugh at me or like why am I even here why the hell did I say yes to this invitation like is that, that when that that anxiety creeps up in me is it so much so that um, I am going to leave the party because I just don't want to feel it Am I going to consume copious amounts of alcohol just to drown drown out the anxiety? Are those um, feelings so unacceptable that you end up becoming in, uh, more inflexible and like you have less access to other behaviors because you don't want to feel that feeling? That might be a sign of inflexibility, right? A lot of clients I work with, they struggle with this idea of fear of failure and how it paralyzes them, and they end up not doing effort because they'd rather not do the effort than embrace the idea of the potential of failure. Uh, how about you just don't know what direction to go in in your life? Do you know where your your values are? Are you confused about what matters to you? And it, that might sound like a silly idea about, I don't know, like, of course I know what matters to me. But so many times when I talk to a client and I ask them, so what what's what are your values? Like, I think this and this, and then when we really sit down and unpack it, it becomes other things. I'm like, holy, holy cow! I didn't realize this was as important to me as it was, and I didn't realize that this was so important to me. I, I remember a particular client, an athlete, that 
when we were doing a value sort, he kept on struggling with the word pride, where like, is my pride that important to me? Like he kept on fighting it and then it ended up being one of his main values. And it was pretty funny because I remember him saying something along the lines of, you know, I couldn't swallow my pride, so pride ended up being up there. So sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we don't know what direction we want our lives to go in. And that can be problematic. That can make us inflexible because we're not, we're in more in a survival mode rather than a purpose-driven mode, right? Are we lazy? That might be a way to be inflexible. Are, are, are we lazy where we are just not showing a willingness to travel in the direction of what matters? These values are, are the direction we, we want to go in. So maybe you know what your values are, but then you're just not showing the willingness to, to do the work, to get dirty in it, to get sweaty in it, to to persevere and do the thing that matters, even if the reward doesn't come right away, right? So sometimes laziness is a way we become inflexible. There's like a, there's a running joke on Family Guy where Stewie is giving Brian the dog a hard time because he's still trying to write the book. Have you finished your book? Have you finished your book, book yet? Apparently it's a value of Brian's of some sort to work on his writing, but man, he's shown a level of laziness following through on it. At least that's the running joke on the show. The show's really good for those running those uh, running jokes that kind of encompass all the seasons, right? And uh, I'm happy I got a Family Guy reference in there. Good. There'll be more references as we go, I'm sure. How about paying attention? That's another way we're inflexible. Are we paying attention to the right now? Are we like just like so totally caught up with what we're going to do next or where we're going to go or, or what we just did or what happened yesterday, what's going what's going on tomorrow? Like, are we just being inflexible and not paying attention to the right now? My gosh, we do it so much with just our cell phones, with Snapchat, Instagram, uh, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, uh, you name it, right? We're so caught up with being somewhere else. Uh, did I mention Instagram? Maybe I did. Um, but we're so caught up with being everywhere that we are nowhere. And, uh, and that's a, a form of inflexibility because if I'm not paying attention to right now, guess what? I don't have access to all of my, my behaviors. I don't have my full repertoire at my, my disposal. So if something happens, I'm probably less likely to be able to act appropriately. So paying attention is a big one. And then, you know, and inflexibility of just being overly identified with a role, right? Like maybe, uh, you know, uh, this is a common thing. Uh, are we inflexible that we get home from work and we still haven't uh, flipped the switch? Are, are we still being the attorney to our to our wife? Are we still being the doctor to our husband? Uh, are we still being the police officer to our children? Are we being inflexible where um, we're so overly identified with a role that uh, we don't have the full access of our behaviors at our disposal? So those are just different ways and you'll see how all those work. I, I did those in order. So each one of those would be an element as we go into these next uh, six episodes to explain the processes. Because each way that we're inflexible, luckily there's a way to be flexible, right? So in closing comes the challenge, right? So what I want to challenge you is to, to pay attention. The, the term I use a lot is I want you to be an active participant in your own life, right? Um, not in someone else's life, not in particular person's life where you're thinking, oh, this person needs to be more psychologically flexible. How about just pay attention to your own life right now? Let's, uh, and let's just do that. Let's focus on that. And in being an active participant in your own life and paying attention, you start 
doing an inventory of maybe ways where you think that, you know what, like, yeah, I kind of have a go-to move for this. I kind of have a go-to move for that. I'm, I'm not so proud of the way I handle these things. And there's a pattern in that. Like, why is it that I'm always acting out in that way? There's uh, self-awareness is powerful, you know, like, you know, there, there's a primal part of us. There's an old part of us in our brain that's very reactionary. It wants to be safe. It just reacts, right? And then sometimes we react in anger. And then if we're lucky, we become aware that, we, that we're reacting in anger. But if we're luckier, right, we become self-aware. We start understanding why we are acting out in anger and being able to, to wrap our mind around it. We no longer react. We begin to respond. And that, and that response is being flexible. So the challenge is pay attention, be an active participant, and do an inventory. And, and maybe there's areas that you'd like to address. Maybe just for curiosity's sake, right? Like why? Let me give this a listen. Let me give this a whirl. Uh, and let me see uh, if maybe some of these tools can kind of open up my repertoire and make me more able to do more appropriate things when stuff happens, right? when uh, when the curveball gets thrown. I want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, it is an absolute honor. Uh, it's a blessing that, that someone would actually devote time to listen. Uh, I hope in some way it's a blessing to you. I hope it's somehow helpful. Somehow it leaves you a little bit more informed, a little bit more motivated, a little bit more focused. If any of that happens, then it was more than worth it. Thank you so much for listening to the Balancing Act podcast. We'll talk soon. Take care. Goodbye.